Hello friends, how are you doing? I hope you guys are having a great week. We are starting off again on the road today with another segment of Immigration Crisis, the Fight for the Southern Border. I'm Jamie Virgen with Sinclair Broadcasting. We are right now in Brownsville, Texas, waiting by the CBP area where people who have asked for political asylum are processed and then allowed out into the United States. We have been following a couple from Russia who made that trip of over 5,000 miles to be able to get to the United States. We are tired for a while and don't understand what's happened. When we go to the US, maybe we can relax. The husband, a 46-year-old, who did not want to go fight in the Ukraine against people, he says, some people who may be his own family members. So they made that long trek all the way here. But along the way, they also found a nonprofit organization who was charging them $3,500 a person to be able to help them out, quote-unquote, to get their asylum paperwork done. This is something that people do not have to pay for. So we talked to the former head of Homeland Security Investigations, Ari Jimenez, and asked him about this. Should people be charging? And the statements that were made on the Facebook pages said that the nonprofit would use their influence with CBP to get these people from Russia into the country. So Adi explained a little bit better what that's all about. So Yami, uh, you're asking about the differences differences between refugees and asylum seekers. Um, so refugees are individuals that are uh, in a, a f- protective form. Um, these are individuals that uh, come into the border and they have uh, fear of persecution because of religion, uh, race, uh, they belong to a specific group, either social, political, um, or nationality. Uh, those are the uh, refugee seekers. Uh, traditionally, these refugee seekers are outside the U.S. Uh, and then uh, they start their process. An asylum seeker, on the other hand, it is somebody that is a refugee uh, seeker, but also um, has to uh, go through the process of being in the U.S., um, having been unable to go back to their country because of that fear of prosecution for one of the uh, references that I made before. Um, and there's three ways that we can get that asylum process. So how people uh, obtain asylum in the U.S. So uh, the three ways that an asylum seeker will try to get uh, asylum into the U.S. Uh, one is actually the affirmative uh, process which is uh, the first step. Uh, also, there's a asylum uh, meritus interview that takes place, and also by defensive process. So let's talk about each one of them individually. Um, the uh, affirmative asylum process is, is uh, being physically in the U.S., um, you actually 
uh, apply, go to the offices of the U.S. Citizen and Immigration Services, USCIS, and apply for this asylum. That starts the process. There are several forms that are uh, completed. There, is, there are interviews, uh, and they have to work uh, a background investigation and confirm what the individual is saying. Uh, the interview meritus is when uh, the person actually, during the interview, has a claim of uh, credible fear, uh, for prosecution um, back in their country for one of the protected groups. And uh, finally, the one by defensive um, uh, affirmation, defensive process, which this happens when some individuals are identified to be removed from the U.S. and then they move to use uh, a request for asylum as a defensive move to delay um, this removal process. So the type of frauds that we see with asylum seekers and refugee seekers, um, there's two types. Uh, we have the individuals that actually lie in their application. Um, they make up either nationality, uh, they make up prosecution, they can make up uh, their fears. Um, this process, as you start the process with the U.S. Citizen Immigration Services, uh, if, if the individual, the lawyer, or, or the individual per se, uh, preparing the paperwork, lies on the paperwork, they can actually face up to five years in federal jail. Uh, these cases, we find them all over the U.S. Um, there's another process that uh, we have seen with fraud, which this one actually is people preying on individuals coming into the border, especially, especially during the last two years that we have had a large influx of people. We noticed that the majority of the individuals um, applying or requesting asylum, uh, they have been uh, coached to say a specific words, to give a specific uh, story uh, to the interviewers, um, and we have notices that there are individuals called notarios, notaries, right? Um, in Europe and in South America, a, a notary can represent the uh, individuals in judicial proceedings. But in the U.S., a notary doesn't do that. A notary just uh, certifies your signatures, right, that you are the person. Uh, so what we have found is a lot of uh, individuals that uh, have a scheme that they offer services to asylum seekers, and they tell them, if you hire a lawyer, it's going to be this much, this expensive, but if you hire me as a notary, I can represent you, I can do the paperwork for you. And what they do is they prey on their uh, individuals take the money, uh, either they may or may not complete any of the paperwork for them, um, and they just keep eliciting money until they realize it's a scheme and then they disappear. Unfortunately, this happens a lot, not only here in the U.S., but also there are organizations that claim to be non-for-profit, and then outside the U.S., they offer the services and uh, outside the jurisdiction of the United States, and that makes it very hard to prosecute. So uh, in the U.S., uh, Homeland Security Investigations, for example, and the Federal Bureau of Investigations, uh, both agencies have the authority to investigate a fraud committed for asylum or refugee seeking. Uh, throughout the years, we have prosecuted these cases uh, for uh, corrupt uh, notarios or corrupt lawyers that actually lie in the application. Uh, when we're talking about notaries or notarios in the U.S., if they don't lie on the application, but they're victimizing these asylum seekers, um, there's not a, a, a federal statute uh, 
to prosecute them. So we work with state and local partners to use, utilize the state uh, jurisdiction and, and prosecute these cases. So yeah, I mean, this audio tape uh, is, is again one of those uh, examples of uh, groups uh, allegedly non-for-profits. Um, let's make clear, this is a group that is located outside the U.S. They claim to be non-for-profit, but they're eliciting money uh, from the individuals seeking uh, asylum. And what they're doing is, it's a scheme. All they're doing is defrauding these individuals. They're not providing any paperwork. They're not working their cases. Um, and once the individuals have no more money, they move on. And before they move on, they tell them, well, we did XYZ job for you. Here's a non-disclosure agreement. Do not tell anyone about us because they want to perpetuate the scheme. Uh, we recommend asylum seekers to actually work with a lawyer in the United States. The process, uh, unfortunately, the immigration process in the United States is one is convoluted. The last time that we had a uh, immigration reform was in 1986. So it, there's been a lot of additions and addendums and it gets really complicated. Thanks for joining us again from Brownsville, Texas. I'm Jamie Virgen for Sinclair Broadcasting. This has been another edition of Immigration Crisis, the fight for the southern border.